One of the most significant markers in my life uh, is April 5th, 1986. And that was a long time ago. It was when I, the day I turned 10. <laughs> it's not true at all. It was my wedding. And on my wedding day, April 5th, like, I don't, it was at the very beginning of a video, and in fact, we had video difficulties. And so we don't have video of our wedding. Well, we have video, we don't have audio. And then the video is kind of shaky. And so it's kind of lame. So, you know, the interesting thing about that is that I have photos, but the photos were like a friend of the, you know, and they aren't all that good. And they're like in a, in a, in a they're somewhere in a cupboard that I don't even know. Like, we had a fire, and they're like, what do you go get? It is not, it's not my photo album, I guess. So I don't even have, but here's the deal. It was such a significant marker for us that I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that day, April 5th, 1986. But I do remember about it. I remember, first of all, that it rained. It's rainy. It rained on April. We got it. I walked out the window. It was raining. Is that supposed to be a good sign or a bad sign? What is that? It's neither because we believe in the Lord Jesus. What are you, superstitious? <laughs> what is your problem? It's just rain. And uh, so, yeah, so that was raining. I remember that. And then I also, this is the other marker that I remember, that I remember that we got up early that morning and uh, Linda and I prayed together. We parked in the church parking lot way off to the edge and we prayed about the day that it would be a day that would just impact us in deep ways. It would be a day that would honor the Lord. Like we prayed together. And one of the things that Linda said, when I said, what do you want me to pray about? For you, she said, you got to pray that I don't cry. Now, some of you know Linda and that's good. that was a tall order, right? And so we're like, okay, Lord Jesus, if you're real, like this would be great that she hasn't solved through her wedding. That'd be so good. And so the wedding started. Linda did great. Didn't shed one tear. 10 minutes in, I was a mess. I cried <laughs> through the entire thing. And I wasn't a crier yet. Like that marked me becoming the crier that I am for you now today. <laughs> that was the beginning of it. I was out of control. It was so impressive in the, in the, in the sense of the depth and the memory. I never will ever forget April 5th. 1986. It was a marker. And as we read through this sermon, uh, uh, Summer in the Scriptures, and we came to Acts, and it coincided with us getting to baptize three of our friends today, I realized I want to talk about baptism in the few minutes I have, and because that is such a significant marker for the followers of Jesus. It's very similar. It is a ceremony like that marriage moment that will embed itself in our hearts and minds and carry us through our entire lives. Turn with me to uh, Acts chapter 2, if you would, in the scriptures. And uh, there is so much in Acts 2 that we can't, that I, I feel almost just disrespectful to the Lord and to the Bible to, uh, to not talk about it all in context. But just because we only have a few minutes today, I want to look just at a passage about baptism. And uh, this is in the, starting in verse 36 of Acts chapter 2. Here's where we are in the story. We've been reading the story of God uh, and all the way along. Dude, you guys, we read the, I was about to say dudes, dudes, we read the whole Old Testament, or no, we didn't, but selected readings of it. And that's the story leading up to Jesus. God was preparing the world for his Savior to come. And then Jesus came and we read uh, selected stories about Jesus' lives in the Gospels. And then the crucifixion, dying for the sins of the world, then being raised to life as a as a, a, a victory over death, over separation from God. And then he ascended into heaven. And then the church was born because those gathered believers, the Holy Spirit came on them at Pentecost. This is all up through Acts chapter one. Everybody up to speed right now? You got it? It's been the story of God that we've been reading. And then in Acts, so in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes 
And Peter gets up to address the crowd. And I don't have time to go through his entire sermon, but it's amazing. Look at his summary of the sermon starting in verse 36. Peter addresses this whole crowd of new believers, of of believers in Jesus. Jesus has ascended. The Holy Spirit has come and miraculous stuff has happened. And they're like, whoa. Verse 36, it starts with woe. It's in the Greek. You don't see it there, but it's in the Greek. Woe. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. Because he goes through, he goes through, he's like saying, listen, Jesus died and then he rose from the dead and we saw the miracles that he did and we saw him show up and we saw the Holy Spirit get poured out and the miracles that happened out of that. Whoa, be assured of this. This is what we now know. This is settled, he says. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Jesus is it. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Savior. He starts, he ends his sermon with. And then verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and to the other apostles, whoa, it's there too. Brothers, what shall we do? What do we do with this? What do we do with this news? If Jesus is the Lord, what do we do with this news? And then in two verses, just packed with meaning, but one thing I want to pull out of it, look at verse 38. Peter replies to that. What do we do? Peter replies, you repent. You turn around and you go now with God. You turn around and give yourself to God. You stop going away from God. You repent. You turn around. That's what it means. And what's the next line? The next phrase? And be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. He links baptism from the very beginning Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, what an amazing promise this is that we don't have time to talk about today. Verse 40, and with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation, this sinful and broken and lost generation that does not live for God. Save yourselves from this world. And those, verse 41, who accepted his message were baptized, and about 300 were added to their number that day. Here's the deal. Here's what the point of this thing. What, 3,000? What did I say? It was not 300. It was 3,000. Did I really say 300? <laughs> yeah, way more than that. Like 10 times more than that. I just didn't want to be, I didn't like, I didn't want to, um, over, you know, overestimate. So 3,000. Thank you, Christine, for calling me out on that. Here's the bottom line that I want to point to this. At the culmination of this story and then Jesus' life and then this ascension, the Holy Spirit comes to the church is like, what do we do? The message is you turn toward God and you get baptized in the name of Jesus. It was a significant part of the, of, of the experience. God gave baptism to us as a foundational experience upon which we build our new lives. God gave baptism to the church to say it is a significant thing for you. It's a marker that you'll never forget. Well, why? Well, let's talk about a couple things quickly. The history of baptism is that there's, you know, cleansing rituals have been part of world religions for all time and still are. You know, water is important in kind of the human consciousness about, about cleansing. So that's always been part of, of, of rituals. Ancient Israelites had, had water rituals that stressed purification and cleanliness and worthiness to God. Uh, Jewish people at the time, um, they had rituals for water baptism, especially for those who uh, were be- moving from becoming, being a Gentile to becoming a Jewish believer. Um, they were converting to Judaism. 
Uh, the Essenes, who were a group of, of, uh, of uh, Jews at the time, they had water rituals for kind of a spiritual cleansing. So now we're getting closer to sort of the meaning that we had. And John the Baptist came, and he preached a baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus came and took that baptism and co-opted it. And then at the, at the Great Commission, remember, he said to his followers, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, remember this, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Like he now breathed new life into this concept saying, this is the love of the Father and the, 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 the redemption of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a Trinitarian thing. And that movement of what baptism became was what the church adopted. And from the very beginning, when people said yes to the gift of forgiveness in Christ, they were baptized. And they were baptized because of what it symbolizes. And super briefly, what it symbolizes, it symbolized being cleansed, of course. That's water. It's symbol purification. It symbolizes that, friends. It doesn't wash you. Baptism doesn't, doesn't actually cleanse anyone. Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection is what gives us victory over our sin. But baptism symbolizes that by, the, by a washing, right? It symbolizes being changed. The word actually means to die or to dip in to die. So there's this sense of being wholly changed, being one thing and now being something completely new and different. When you dye something, you dip a white cloth into a dark blue vat of dye, right? And it pulls out, it is something not what it was. That's what baptism symbolizes. And then it also symbolizes being raised to life, that we've been crucified with Christ and we've died with him and we now are raised to life with him in his resurrection. And so that's that symbol of baptism. This is what it symbolizes. So it becomes this significant marker for us in a couple of ways. It marks our identity as a new creation. It marks, it marks for us, it embeds in us this sense of, oh, I'm made new. I'm washed. I was dead. Now I'm alive. I am something wholly different, right? Out of all those things that we, we just talked about, it's symbols. It proclaims that. It says, this now defines me. You think about how holy other it was for a Gentile who didn't have any Jewish blood to be baptized and into, into, into the Jewishness. That's the, the baptism that Jesus had inherited that, historically. It means that for us. It means I now was without him and now I'm with him. And it's not a part part of a, of a resurrection, a new identity, partly a new identity. Like I'm kind of myself, but I was, I'm really now kind of dabbling in the Jesus thing. Like it doesn't symbolize that. Baptism symbolizes white cloth going in blue, coming out blue, like different, wholly different. I was lost, now I'm found. I was dead, now I'm alive. That's a marker. It marks our identity. It also marks our choice and our commitment to be a Christian, to be a Christ one, to be a Christ follower. That's what, it's a marker of that. It's us proclaiming publicly. Baptism was very public. It's us proclaiming publicly that we're Christ followers and that we're part of his church. This is why in verse 38 of Acts 2 uh, that we were just looking at, said, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Because this other baptism was a baptism for, hey, I want to demonstrate I'm sorry for my sin. I want to demonstrate that I probably need forgiveness. I want to demonstrate that I want to be closer to God. But this is to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And so we're proclaiming, I am a Christ one. I am a Christ follower. And in a public way, these new believers were saying, hey, church, the rest of you Christ ones, I'm one of you. I'm in. 
And hey, world, who gets wind of this? I'm one of them. This is my identity. I'm fully different than the one who wasn't walking with God before. This is who I am. I'm one who walks with Jesus and accepts what he did on the cross. And so our whole identity is, um, is, is uh, marked with being Christ followers. And man, it's a very personal thing, right? That verse in, uh, in chapter 30, and verse 38 of chapter 2, uh, repent. What should we do? They said, what should we do? The answer was repent, turn around to God, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Every one of you. It's a personal, like, this is me. This is what I'm doing. I'm choosing this. And clearly, it's a marker that, that embeds in our souls and our minds and our hearts that this is our new identity. So just like I, I, that, that I, I, I didn't forget my April 5th, 1986 experience, the baptism is that thing, that imbe- it's a marker that embeds in our new, uh, our new identity in our heart. That I'll never forget it because it's physical <coughs> and it's a sacrament. It's meaning God shows up in it and it gets deep down, way beyond skin and getting wet in front of people. There's something inside that embeds there that says, oh, that's me. I'm a Christ follower. I see the power of this, right? That God has made this a significant um, foundational experience upon which we build our new lives. Because the decisions that we came to, decisions, they come and go. But commitment and ceremony, we go, oh, no, I remember that. I don't remember how I got there, but I remember that. God gave us baptism as a foundational experience upon which we build our new lives. So let me give you, let me give you this as a, as a kind of an illustration as we finish. It's not unlike that marriage ceremony at all, you guys, as a foundation. It's not unlike the marriage ceremony as a foundation upon which we build the rest of our lives. Because this is how that love relationship works in a marriage. Think about how it works. We, we begin by admitting to ourselves like, wow, something's going on here. I have this affinity I'm falling in love. Like there's something going on for me. That's how the beginning of a relationship works. And sometimes for really shallow reasons, but, but it, it's the beginning of that process. And we go, I think something's happening for me. But love that isn't expressed doesn't really go any further. And so there's another step in our human relationships. There's another step in our relationship with God. It's when we admit to the object of our love that we're in love with them. We're saying, I don't, I don't know what this means exactly. I, I, don't, I don't know where this is going exactly but the door's kind of closing, like I'm in on this thing. Like this is what I want, and this is what I love, and this is where my heart is inclined. But there's one step way more significant and way deeper, and that's when the courtship is over. And that's what baptism signifies for the, for the believers. And I'm, I'm having you remember this if you've been baptized, that there's one step further, and that's that moment where this defines you now. You're admitting not just to, to yourself, not just to the one you love, but to the whole world. Like, that, like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm doing. And now I'm substantially connected. I wrote in my notes, the courtship is over. The options are closed. We belong to him. This public confession is, and here's a great quote from an author that I read this week. This public confession is, in fact, as critical to love for God as weddings are to marriage, it's so critical that God has marked a particular ritual for expressing it. 
the doorway into a permanent relationship with God is, according to the Bible, baptism. Man, I can go back. I barely can remember all that, the feelings that I had at the beginning and why at the beginning. I'm like, I think I'm falling in love with her. I can hardly do that with Jesus too. But I'll never forget April 5th, 1986, when I publicly confessed to the whole world, this is it. This is who I am. That's what baptism is for us. Friends, if you have been baptized each week when we're together, you should be rehearsing your baptismal vows. Certainly on a day like today when we do baptisms, where you come and you remember, I made the choice. I'm not sure if I remember how I got there, but man, do I remember the ceremony that anchors me, that I am a Christ one, and it's everything to me. And so what am I doing dabbling in a life that, that is opposite of that? This is my allegiance. This is my heart. This is my uh, definition. Rehearse that truth, friends, when we're together in baptism. Rehearse it today for you as a follower of Christ. Does, are you living consistently with those vows that you took in your baptism? And if you've not been baptized, then along the line today, you can enter into that that metaphor and go, why is the door closing? Am I becoming a Jesus person? Do I need to give my life to him? And we want to help lead you into that relationship with Jesus, and then we'd love to schedule for you for a baptism. If you're like, done, Jeff, 17 minutes, I'm done. Like, yes, let's get baptized. Write us, and we will schedule a baptism. But let me pray as I close and we get moved toward these baptisms, for even for some of us in the room, who are wondering if we're ready to make that step of commitment with God. Father God, for those friends who are wondering, wrestling, something's happening to me and I think I'm becoming a Jesus follower. Would you draw them deeper and further? Would they take that step of faith to say, yes, in fact, it is you that I love it is your life that I want to live and I give you my life in exchange for your life and I receive all of the forgiveness. I receive the eternal life that was offered because of what Jesus did on the cross and I will now follow you. I will commit my life to you. Father, if there's some of us in this room that have not made that decision that even in those words that I'm praying that just spark in them, yes, that's what I want. God, would you grab a hold of their hearts and give them the courage to talk with us and to move forward in their relationship with you. But for all of us, God, we worship and adore you for what you've done and how baptism symbolizes that each individual person, when they turn to you, is made new. And we bless our friends today who are getting baptized, that you're cementing that ceremony deep in their soul. Come meet them in a rich way. In the name of Christ, amen.